according to DeAndre Hopkins, the 2-0 start was never in doubt. Not sure if I agree with him or not, but hey, we'll take it. 2-0 beats the alternative. It is another victory Monday. Kyler Murray continues to be the talk, not only locally, but nationally as well. And remember that conversation MJ and I had back in training camp, and that was how much more might we see Murray run this season? I think we know the answer, even two games in. The offense, though, did leave a lot of points on the field. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury is certainly not happy about that. Specifically, the penalties are those negative plays that do not sit well with any head coach. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 315, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, pop, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Real quick, MJ, and I'm going to knock on wood as I say this, but the national narrative following week two, the number of injuries, and not just the number, but the high-profile number of injuries already. Christian McCaffrey, four to six weeks, high ankle sprain. Cardinals are going to miss him when they visit Carolina on October 4th. Saquon Barkley, done for the season with an ACL injury. Cardinals were to face him in December. And then we talked about it yesterday. The 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Bosa, D. Ford, Solomon Thomas, Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert. I don't think I missed anyone, but oh my goodness, it was a mash unit all day on Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, we always talk about, you know, part of making a run in December and January is, you know, staying healthy, but you got to be lucky at times. And, you know, the NFL's better for, you know, whether it's a second string, you know, backup left guard, but you're talking about name players. And, you know, usually you got about 10 guys on the team that are stars, and then you filled out the roster with draft picks and undrafted free agents. So, you know, I don't, I, I don't wish it on any team. And, you know, when you hear ACLs, I mean, you know, you're in season now, so that's nine months or a year from now, and usually it takes it nine months to a year. So, and then, you know, you're kind of behind the eight ball going in the next season. It's unfortunate, but, you know, I, I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason. We knew that soft tissues were going to be an issue. Um, you obviously, you can't do as much in training camp. You didn't have an off season. So, you know, I, I do think there are veteran players, and nobody likes the preseason. Let's let's make that very clear. But when guys like Chandler Jones said, I could have used a preseason game or two, and maybe it was the first or second one. We know it's good for young players. It probably would have benefited a guy like Isaiah Simmons, Chris, uh, Chris Trevler, you know, guys that obviously are, are on, on the team. Um, but there's something to be said just going against another opponent and just – so I don't know if there's any – uh, parallel, but yeah, I don't like to see injuries around, around the league. But I know the league would like to reduce the preseason games. The joint practices were canceled this year. We'll see where they are next off season. But I do think the preseason is beneficial. Um, but I know that obviously four games are too much. Well, this is why sometimes it's not the most talented team that wins each week or even in the postseason. You have to be a little bit lucky as well, staying healthy, and of course. 
COVID-19. We thought that was going to be a problem this season. It very well might still be, but so far it's not. It's been the injury situation. The Cardinals felt it in training camp with Robert Alford going down for the second straight year. It's it's really unfortunate. I like Andre Hopkins had to say after the ball game yesterday that you know no one likes to see this. You always want your best against their best. And it seems like right now the Cardinals are going to, uh, well, not be facing the best when they've got Carolina and the Giants coming up in a couple of weeks or yeah, months, I yeah, should say. It, it, it runs in trends. You know, the year, how many would they play? 13 offensive linemen. How many times did Carson Palmer get hurt? And then, you know, as a team that, you know, you rely on your franchise quarterbacks, a guy that obviously, you know, played very well for the Cardinals those five years, 50 wins. And, you know, you hope you can go into a game. But like I always say, you know, next man works at certain positions. But ultimately, you got to keep your quarterback upright. Your left tackle's got to stay healthy. Your pass rush, your corner, your number one wide receiver. So it's unfortunate. And, uh, you know, I like what the rule is this year because of COVID. Sometimes some of these guys like Richard Sherman, they're going to miss three games. Uh, Jalen Thompson's in that same boat. So. I know when you tear an ACL and Achilles and you start talking about pectoral tears, they're more long-term. But some of these guys could return. But the name guys you mentioned, they're not going to be able to play this season. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good. All right. What is good? A 2-0 and start. Didn't mean to bury the lead. I just had to mention that because it was such alarming news over the last 24 hours. But for the first time since 2015, the Arizona Cardinals 2-0 and on Sunday. They beat up on Washington 30-15 to offense, defense, special teams. You're seeing all three phases now involved in each of the first two games here in 2020. Yeah, and that's encouraging. You know, you look at points allowed. The Cardinals are in the top 10. You know how I feel about that stat. Uh, special teams, according to Pro Football Focus Grades, they're sixth in the league. Now the offense is somewhere in the uh, 24th or 25th, and as a team, they're 20th overall. Um, but, you know, I, I like what we're seeing. There's a lot of things that, you know, over the next two weeks, you want to see this team hitting their stride. Obviously, you don't want to peak too soon, but you're not going to throw away Sundays. But you really want to be playing your best football, you know, probably after Thanksgiving, but really December, hopefully in January. But we're still in the month of September, and we talked about it on the post-game show last night, and that is, you know, just talking to players and coaches around the league, and including, you know, in the building. Um, they feel like, you know, with a preseason, one or two games, that maybe you'd see improvement. Now, you always hear coaches and players talk about when, from week one to week two, you know, you kind of see some improvement. We saw more holding penalties, but, we all, you know, um, but somebody gave me the thought process. It's going to take four weeks. So, you know, the good news is you haven't thrown any games away. Uh, you're finding ways to win each week. Uh, the last two weeks has been different guys stepped up, you know, so uh, and, and they got they got Mighty Mouse back there, Kyler Murray and. He's, he's, as Tony Gonzalez said at halftime, he is the most exciting player in the NFL right now. I think if you look at the new quarterback to wide receiver combo, the Cardinals have the one-two punch in Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. So a lot of good things going for this team, but there's a lot to clean up. We'll get into some of the particulars. Um, I like that they're blocking out the noise. They haven't accomplished anything right now. Yeah. And they, uh, all of the talk, all of the, uh, applauding that is going on right now there is not a single player or coach that is happy outside of the record 
with how they have performed on the field. They are leaving points on the field, sloppy play and penalties. In fact, they lead the league in the number of penalties and penalty yards. And we talk about negative plays. That certainly has got to be cleaned up. You brought up Kyler Murray, Mighty Mouse, as uh, you described him. Remember the conversation we had back in training camp about how many times or how much more would we see Murray run the football, either scrambling or design runs. And we weren't really quite sure. We thought it would be a little bit more, but I don't know if we anticipated it being, at least from my perspective, I don't want to put words in your mouth, MJ. I don't know if we thought it would be such a big part of the offense this early because weeks one and weeks two, he's running, scrambling, design runs, and being very, very effective. And it's kind of been the catalyst for this offense here in the first two games. Well, and we'll get into, you know, sometimes he's uh, Aaron Mellon receivers and, you know, we know he's got a strong arm and he wants to be known as that. But, you know, I think the over and under was 500 yards and 510 or whatever it was. I was, you know, I was taking the over. Um, if you look at it last year, after the first two weeks, the Lions three carries, 13 yards. The Ravens game three carries, four yards. Now I do think in a number, and when I say this, it doesn't reflect the next couple of games last year after the week one and two. I think him watching Lamar Jackson from the bench and standing up and watching him, I think he thought I can do this. Now we didn't see it the next couple of games. So you're looking at six carries for 17 yards. Right now, he leads the NFL at the quarterback position uh, with 21 carries, 158 yards, and three rushing touchdowns. Now, behind him, Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson. So Newton has really the only loss there. He's averaging better than seven yards a carry on pace for more than 1,200 rushing yards so hopefully you took the over MJ on that over under from earlier because he's going to completely obliterate that it is worth mentioning though because he is the focal point he will always be the focal point of this offense and he was asked about his comfort level now that he's got those three rushing touchdowns quote I told you all before I feel once I get more comfortable understanding the field awareness understanding where guys are where they're going to be I feel more comfortable out there, obviously. When my number is called or when I break the pocket, like I said, I just feel it's more comfortable for me to make something happen. If I have to slide, I have to slide. But if I know I can get more yards, then that's what I'm going to try to do. And that's exactly what he has done for these first two games. And it's why opposing defensive coordinators, Jack Del Rio on Sunday, I'm sure, felt like this. How do you go about defending the Cardinals offense? Because if you have a certain game plan to take a DeAndre Hopkins out of the mix or stop the run, what do you do with Kyler Murray? Because he can beat you just as easily with his arm as he can with his legs. Yeah. And and Kingsbury was asked on Monday, you know, is he running too much? And he does say he really doesn't enjoy it during the game because obviously he wants to avoid the big hits, which he's done. He said that he enjoys it the following day. I wish people would realize this is who he is. This makes him so dynamic in one of the most exciting players in the NFL. Now, it's come early for him, but, I mean, you're talking about a guy that can take over a game now. I mean, we have quarterbacks that manage games, and I know it's a, it's probably 
the wrong connotation because managing a game is you don't beat yourself, you don't turn it over in the fourth quarter, and you win football games. But, you know, this is a little bit swag here, and, and when this offense starts clicking, it's going to be very interesting because I think they can put up 30, 35 points you know, over a four-quarter period. And I love what I was able to see in the fourth quarter, playing against the clock, running the football. You know, obviously Cliff wasn't going to take his foot off the pedal once they got a little um, uh, relaxed, or he mentioned going through the motions in the second half. But I, I, that's that's winning football. And when you can wear down your opponent, whether it's uh, the physicality, um, the conditioning, and just lean on your offensive line. That's those are the good teams that win late in the game and they win late in the season. For fans that are a little bit weary about how often Murray runs with the football, I get it. Yet Kingsbury, as you mentioned, doubled down on all of that talk. Quote, I don't see that changing, end quote. And he brought up Lamar Jackson on how many times that there were design runs for him a year ago. He won the MVP, quote, I don't think that's not sustainable, in the words of the Cardinals head coach. But I understand because anytime that quarterback leaves the pocket, you're fair game. You can get hit. We saw it on his last run of the game yesterday, trying to get a first down on third down right before the Zane Gonzalez field goal to make it 30 points that he kind of got he got he got crunched a little bit um he was sliding at the same time but he did get hit and that's where fans their eyebrows go up and go hey we need you around for all 16 games don't don't go running unnecessarily but i like what you said this is who he is you can't take it away because if you do then you negate why he is so dangerous as a quarterback yeah and you know you hear I think it started maybe last year, maybe in the second half of the season, just when they started to win a lot of games and they were going to clinch that number one seed, is he didn't run as much. Now, on paper, he's run 23 times for 99 yards, zero touching rush, rush uh, touchdowns, and Cam's run 26 times. Murray's run 21. Russell Wilson's only ran eight times. So, hey, listen. If you want to make that, and, and it's fair, because once he goes down, if, if that ever happens, a knock on wood, nobody wants to see that, okay? But watch Russell Wilson's first three years in the league, first two years in the league. Now, granted, Russell Wilson's only running eight times. He's He's got good receivers. Their offensive line's not great. They do run it back by committee. Um, and I use the word Houdini when it comes to Russell Wilson. So if you in you grew up following and watching Steve Young. I, th- I think he's very similar to Mike Vick in the running ga- in the running attack, but he Kyler's much more accurate in the passing game. He is certainly talking about Kyler Murray. A lot of fun to watch. I went back, and I know you do it as well. Watched the game again this time. You know, kind of the rough cut and, and paying attention to certain things. And I, I I literally tried to count how many designed runs, and we never know what the play call is from the sidelines, but sometimes you can kind of get a feel just on how everyone reacts. Is Kyler Murray out of the shotgun and taken off immediately? Well, that's a design run. Is there a little bit of a hesitation? Is it a quarterback draw? Well, that's a design run. And Kingsbury earlier today confirmed that both of Murray's touchdowns yesterday on the ground, his rushing touchdowns, were two designed runs. So this is something that, 
you know, are we going to keep seeing week in and week out? Who knows? Maybe it's just what, what this offense needs to do early in the season to make sure that it keeps defenses honest. And maybe as the rest of the offense catches up, the running game, the passing game, then you'll see less of Murray break the pocket. I don't know. But right now, it is what is winning games for the Arizona Cardinals. Well, I want to say last year he ran the ball 93 times. He's already at over the 20s. Now, I, I know you said project 1,200 yards. I hope that's not the case because you don't want him running for his life. Now, it's a week-to-week thing, but they've gone again two good front sevens, more importantly front four, and he hasn't taken that big hit. Once he takes that big hit, again, you want him to get up. You don't want anything else to happen, but you know maybe he'll slow it down a little bit. But this is who he is, and that's what makes him so dynamic. And like I said, you, 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 there's a lot of great quarterbacks out there, and some teams prefer pocket passers. I still think there's, 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 you know, opportunities for them. And right now, the only quarterbacks, and I wouldn't take Lamar Jackson because I like Kyler Murray's uh, accuracy than Jackson. Now Jackson obviously has won some games. He's got a really good offensive line. I'm just comparing uh, the quarterbacks. Um, Mahomes probably the best quarterback in the NFL, but. But he hasn't gotten off to a good start. Um, you know, so, you know, I don't want to be drinking the Kool-Aid here, but, man, the future looks bright at this position. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that I would take over him. Aaron Rodgers with 35, 36. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll make the case right now he's the second-best quarterback in the NFC West. Well, it is overreaction Monday following a win on Sunday. So, yeah, I understand it. And right now he might be – your best bet at quarterback long-term, and then what he's able to do with his arm and his legs. I was re- uh, reading uh, a Twitter, and then they attached it to like their podcast, and they show uh, highlights. Bucky Brooks brought up a great point about Kyle Shanahan. When he's coaching Jim Garoppolo, it's got to be the perfect game plan. Like Jimmy's got to like it. He's got to like it. And when he gets out there, he says it, it, it's a little bit different when Jimmy's got to, you know, make the decisions where the ball goes, where here in practice, everything's perfect. So, and we know he'll throw you one. Um, we know that they were interested in Tom Brady after losing the Super Bowl, whether they was flirting with him or not. Listen, I understand you need a franchise quarterback in this league. Jared Goff's played very well. Um, but I, I, would, I think Kyler Murray's the second-best quarterback in the division. Yeah, and you can argue because of his age that maybe he is ahead of a Russell Wilson if you are to start a franchise. Which quarterback would you yeah, start a franchise with? Wilson, if he plays till he's 40, that's going to be his stiffest competition for MVP, uh, for division titles, for playoff wins. You know, I'm getting ahead of myself, but kind of just projecting, but – you know, I love to have this conversation where he ranks it ranks in the NFC um, because the AFC is loaded with quarterbacks 27 to 30. I mean, loaded. Um, where the NFC, we're starting to see older quarterbacks, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Stafford, uh, Brady, Breeze. So, but yeah, I mean, I, again, we always talk about the NFC is loaded. Cardinals right now, they look like a playoff team now. Is that the seven seed? You know, is that nine and seven? Uh, we'll see. 
Well, that is the toughest division right now in football. Collective seven and one through the first two weeks of the regular season. On the subject of Kyler Murray and his ability to run with the football, he commented on that after the ball game. Quote, it's an extension of the run game. Really, our offense in general, when I can break the pocket or pull a read and score, that's the dynamic that we have in this offense because I'm able to move. It's a blessing to be able to move fast, end quote. So your game planning and part of that game planning is figuring out how to best utilize Kyler Murray's strengths, which is his mobility, his speed, his scrambling style, and just the fact that he can change direction on a dime and make defenders look absolutely silly. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many comparisons. I mean, he, he looks like a running back when he's out there. He's 4-3. Um, I think he looks like Devin Hester when he gets in the open field where, you know, you like to see him tuck that ball in a little bit. <laughs> and then – as Kingsbury likes to say, that's part of the swag. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I guess you got to catch him in order to, to, to punch the ball out. And, and then you look at Russell Wilson. I mean, and then Steve Young, it's just hard. It's really hard to put a comp on him. But I just – I like the way he approaches the game. I mean, I think we all know. And I really like what Joe Burrow said last week. I hate losing. He's lost two games, threw the ball 61 times. Kyler Murray does not like to lose, and it's just his his maturity, like commanding the huddle, seeing things on defense, coming to the sidelines, saying, you know, I should have done this. That doesn't happen overnight. That you have to put a lot of work in doing that. Murray is the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era to pass for 500 plus yards and rush for 150 plus yards through the first two games of a season. Also the first quarterback in NFL history to rush for 100-plus yards and three-plus touchdowns in the first two games of a season. And I like this, 18 career games for Kyler Murray. He already owns five of the top nine single-game rushing performances by a quarterback in franchise history. So he is going to rewrite the record books when it comes to quarterbacks rushing, not only with the Cardinals, but in the entire NFL. One other note on this, on those two design runs, and I think this kind of gets lost, but if you really pay attention, what helped spring Murray, and a lot of it he did himself, but on that first run, Chase Edmonds downfield, blocking, helping steal a lane. That second one, Kenyon Drake, Andy Isabella, doing good jobs of maintaining their blocks or looking for a free defender to get in the way of or put their hands on. Now, the negative of that, he very well should have had three rushing touchdowns. Dan Arnold gets called for a hold when he really didn't need to hold the defender in that first quarter. So what I like to see is these players, Murray's teammates, when he breaks the pocket, they're not standing and watching. Their eyes immediately turn. All right, where's the nearest opposite colored jersey that I need to make sure I lock up so Murray is able to get an extra couple of yards or spring free? for a touchdown like he did on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, we're going to get into the negative plays because that's still an issue. And, and Cliff mentioned there were 14. We'll get into that. But, yeah, I mean, it's not always going to be ideal. And the fact is he's able to find creases and seams, and it's hard for these linebackers to catch him. But, yeah, what he's done in a couple of weeks, um, 
I mean, it just sky's the limit for the season. And, you know, I, I know that, you know, they'll put out the uh, the MVP talk, and last year at this time it was Russell Wilson. And then, you know, obviously what Aaron Rodgers is doing, I'm sure I'm missing a couple guys here, but don't worry about that. Win 10 or 11 games and you'll be in that conversation. All right, you brought it up. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury, quote, it's really the negative plays that are hurting the team offensively. He brought up 14 negative plays on Sunday, including the penalties. And then later on, he said they've had 158 yards in negative plays over the first two games. Yet here this team is 2-0, and and they're putting up points that we haven't seen in a long time as far as consistently 20-plus points and then on Sunday, 30 points. Yeah, and, you know, they haven't played two potent offenses, though. You know, the Niners were without their two top receivers. Uh, George Kittle was probably playing on one leg in that second half, even though he only missed one snap. So they haven't really run into that. But the pre-snap and post-snap, 150 Eight yards is a lot. And he mentioned 14 negative plays. As you mentioned, 11 were penalties. So, and you're going to get some holding calls, but, you know, the delay game, uh, you know, false starts, it's going to happen the first month of the season. The thing is, you just don't want to beat yourself. You know what I mean? And, And that's where you don't want these penalties in the fourth quarter. You hate to see a pass interference that goes down to the one yard line. Um, because you you, you didn't uh, stay in your your uh, coverage or you didn't stay in the frame of the defense. So um, I would have thought that would have been a point of emphasis last week, and I guarantee it's going to be another point of emphasis. And they're going to happen um, because you know guys are trying to make a play and they're trying to you know do the right thing. But uh, like we always say, if you just cut it down to five or six and don't let those put you behind the sticks, uh, you know that will go a long way. Yeah, it's almost impossible to play a perfect game. It's sometimes when penalties occur and at what junctures during the course of a ball game. So if you eliminate all of that, or at least some of that, then you can actually get on to progress week in and week out. And certainly some of this that we're talking about, and as we've heard from a number of different players, sky's the limit as far as what this offense is capable of. Well, speaking of that, I mean, what what have we learned over the last two weeks about this offense? You know, we just talked about, I think, number one is the penalties and the negative plays. Number two is if this offense wants to get better and be in the rhythm for four quarters, and I'm not nitpicking, I'm just saying in general, we need to see more accuracy from Kyler Murray. He, he's air, he's, he's airmailing a couple balls. Um, he's missed a couple guys that were open. And that's going to happen when you got Chase Young and Ryan Kerrigan going at you. So my first two are penalties, accuracy. And then I want to see Andy Isabella and Dan Arnold get more involved in the offense. But we have to consider Hopkins, you know, Kenyon Drake's. He, he had tons more carries than Chase Edmonds did. Um, I think Edmonds is better in the passing game. I think they want to get Arnold involved, but they're not going to force. And then you got Kirk and you got Fitzgerald. So, uh, I'd like to see Isabella. Now, this could be in the second or third quarter. I think it's important to get those guys early and give them their touches. And then I mentioned Kenyon Drake. I think he's earned the playing time. Cliff loves him in the downhill running. 
And then I want to, you know, Chase Edmonds. I think if they can incorporate Isabella, Arnold, Drake, Drake's already in there, and Chase, and get the accuracy up for Murray, I think this offense can start clicking. Well, he missed Arnold down the seam in the third quarter, and then Edmonds in the third quarter as well was open for a touchdown. Those are the two throws that really come to mind as far as just not being accurate. Certainly those shorter passes, he's been money. It's the deeper throws, 10-plus yards. I know there were two successful deep shots on Sunday, but passes that travel through the air better than 10 yards, they're just not quite there yet. He was very accurate on those type of plays a year ago, but this year it's it's taken a little bit longer, and maybe that's a product of no offseason, no OTAs, no, uh, no mini camp, and then not having certain guys always on the field during the course of training camp. Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be a 66, 67, 68 percentage quarterback. Um, I think he'd be the first to say, you know, you're not going to make every throw. But he trusts the receivers, and you know, he feels like it's 80, 20 probably when he's throwing the ball to these guys. So uh, he'll be fine. But it's, it, I think accuracy is something that, you know, he has the accuracy. It's just a matter of really setting his feet. Uh, obviously, he doesn't want the good ball to get batted down to line of scrimmage, so he sails it. You know, we haven't seen him floating that ball like he did last year where it allows the DBs to come in and get some interceptions. Like he was doing it to allow his receivers to go underneath it, but they had already got past the corner, and now he's floating. He, we're not seeing that this year. He did throw the ball to seven different receivers on Sunday. There were only five different pass catchers in week one, so he did a better job of setting the ball around and then your point about chase Edmonds, something we touched on last week does Edmonds deserve and the answer is yes but will we see him on the field for more snaps the answer on sunday was no he was not on the field for a lot only 27 of the 77 offensive snaps Kenyon drake played 50 of the 77 and i thought you know because he was so successful in week one that we would see more of Chase Edmonds. Now, he was involved. He just didn't have a lot of touches in the run or passing game. Yeah, but Kenyon Drake's a different runner. And he he runs exactly how they want him behind Kugler's line. So I'm not surprised. I thought, but I, I don't like to be surprised because, you know, we're not there all the time to where we know what's going on. Uh, obviously, we try to connect dots, but I did think Edmonds would get more play time. And you know, when you when you get that lead, you don't you don't want to put Edmonds out there just to take a pounding. Now you're going to say, well, what about Drake? Well, he's a bigger back and he doesn't take a lot of big hits, so he's going to ride with Drake. But I just think Chase is a perfect change of pace. You know, the Cardinals really don't have a third down back, and I and I'm fine with that because you know they can go four wide, run that jet sweep, bubble screen extend a, you know, running play. So, but, you know, Drake's the guy that they made it very clear by putting the tag on him. Well, just look at the numbers, 20 rushing attempts for Drake, only three for Edmonds, who only had six total touches in the game after he had nine the week before. But the disparity that I think we thought might happen going into the season, we kind of backed off. At least I did after seeing what Edmonds was able to do in week one. Now it's, it's picking your spots with how to get Edmonds on the field and utilize his unique skill set as far as running. And then also, I think he's, I think he's shown to be a better pass catcher 
either coming out of the backfield or lining up in the slot. And that is where I think this team is utilizing him a little bit more in that area versus Drake as your sole running back. Well, it's only two games, but it's clear what they're going to do at running back. It's Kenyon Drake, it's Chase Edmonds, DJ Foster on special teams, and then Eno Benjamin. You know, unfortunately, he didn't win the kickoff return job, and he's going to be inactive. Um, so that that's where they are. And, and so they're really playing two backs. And so he's still going to be in the mix. Um, like I said before, I don't know if it's every third or fourth possession. You know, they haven't had to go play in the south uh, where it's hot and humid, at least – I guess today is the first day of fall, but you know they're going back east. It could be they can get some rain in the morning, and it's hot and humid out there. They got back-to-back East Coast games. So, but again, you can see where they're uh, what they've done in the last two games, and that's the that's the running back situation with the Cardinals and Foster strictly playing on special teams. And Foster dealing with an injury right now. He suffered a quad injury early in that contest. I saw him on the opening kickoff and then on that punt that Washington had, so I'm not exactly sure when it happened. I know he slipped on the kickoff, but appeared to be okay, but that certainly would be a factor in special teams moving forward. Speaking of special teams, Christian Kirk also was out of that contest early and then was kind of in and out of the lineup, but with him not being 100%, it opened the door for Andy Isabella to be on punt return, and dare I say the most important thing, he caught the ball cleanly, tried to do as much as he could as far as making a return, but maybe they see now what he can do in a live game setting to where you don't need to put 13 back there and risk injury with him. You put Andy Isabella out there because that's one of your fourth or fifth wide receivers. You put him on special teams and with his speed, if you can make a couple of defenders miss, maybe you can take off and take one to the house. Yeah, we got to make a list because I feel like we mentioned the most uh, underrated player in training camp and, Isabella, the catch he had, that's that's who he is. Um, and he, he caught it with his hands. And, you know, and, he, and and obviously, you know, when it comes to training camp, they usually had four to six guys. And then as they got closer to the season, they kind of narrowed it down to two or three. And, you know, Byron Murphy was getting an opportunity out there. I think that's more in a pinch. I also have Patrick Peterson. But, yeah, I mean, Andy's showing that he, he, he can play in this league. And you can't teach that speed. And, you know, I – I mentioned that I thought him and Edmonds would get a bigger role. and He had nine snaps, I want to say, the first game, and he was on the field when they were four wide. He had 14 this game, and he also played on special teams. So slowly but surely, but, you know, I know I know people are going to compare him to DK Metcalf, but keep in mind, Seattle, you know, bypassed him earlier. I want to say they may have had two picks in that round. And, keep, and also Byron Murphy was the first pick. It wasn't like they, they took any. Any Isabella would have been drafted in the third round. And the Cardinals were looking for a speed guy. You watched Cliff on the, um, you know, the flight plan. Uh, he was thrilled when they got him. So nobody's down on him. And give David Ryan, Jerry Sullivan, a ton of credit because he's more comfortable, is more confident, and you could see it on game day. Well, there's no question because that one catch that he had that was kind of thrown behind him and listening to Pash and Wolfley on the broadcast, they both almost at the same time called it the best catch of Andy Isabella's career. Now, to be honest, there hasn't been many, but those are the type of catches that if you really want to wow your position coach, wow your head coach when they look at the film, make those catches, make the difficult catches, and then all of a sudden, not only do they gain confidence in you, we know Kyler Murray's got confidence in him, but they'll throw you out there more, and it's not just, hey, you're the 
fourth guy, or dare we say sometimes the fifth guy, depending on if a tight end is lining up as a wide receiver, as we saw Dan Arnold do a couple of on Sunday. But he has to make those catches. He has to make those grabs when his number is thrown to, and he did that on Sunday. Yeah, um, when you when you take a look at it, though, I mean, what I look at is it's on film now. So teams are going to have to be aware of it. I mean, yeah, you can go back to the San Francisco game, and it didn't score in this play, so you usually do cut-ups of team scoring, but they're going to show. And he's ingrained himself as the fourth wide receiver on the roster. You know, Trent Shearfield's kind of been regulated, special teams, great player there. I guess when they go five wide, he, he did get a couple snaps, but um, he is he is the fourth wide receiver. And now that he's on film and they can run the jet sweep with him, the bubble screen, uh, the quick uh, pass in the flat, um, and I think those are extended run plays, but I think it's really not only for his confidence, but as you're uh, focusing on the Cardinals, you can't just focus on DeAndre Hopkins. No, there's a trickle down and there's a pecking order right now. Isabella is trying to make sure that he's a part of that top tier right now, as you say, number four. And then Sherfield getting some playing time because I think because Christian Kirk wasn't quite himself all the way on Sunday. But let's bring this conversation back to where we kind of began. And yeah, it was a lot of Kyler Murray and positives. But as we discussed here on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, a lot that is still needed to improve. And in the words of Kyler Murray on Sunday, quote, I feel like we're not even scratching the surface yet. I feel like there's a lot of work to be done. I feel like once we limit those penalties, limit going backwards, the negative plays, we can hopefully reach that full potential, end quote. Question is, MJ, when does that happen? How long does it take to reach the full potential? Well, I think you're going to have to give them the first month of the season, but they show flashes. I mean, they're, they're, they show flashes, especially when they go with the Murray up offense. I think I'm going to tag that. You, like you know what? I, I heard you say it a couple of times during Cardinal talk, and, and, and I'm trying to remember if I if I had heard you say it before, if it was just yeah, that, for the moment. But I I like it, and I think I think you should trademark it, you should copyright it, you should make it your thing. Yeah, I, actually, it's my fantasy uh, name that I started last year with the Cardinals, um, our, our cohorts and um, people we work with. So hurry up, offense. You know, hurry up, offense. Boring. You know, no huddle. I mean. Murray up offense. Yeah, I mean, I think he's at his finest because to me, he's like, he's like, um, I guess Bob Ross is just painting or Michelangelo, or he's like a doctor and he's a surgeon out there. When, when he's in the Murray up offense, I mean, he's, everything comes so natural to him. Well said. I like that. The creative mind of one Mike Jarecki here, yeah, right. Monday edition. Of Cardinals cover too. Hey, Bird Gang, don't forget subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and of course this show, Cardinals Cover Two. Visit azcardinals.com/podcast for more information. A lot of talk on the offense, MJ. How about we hold the defensive discussion for tomorrow because there was a lot to like about the defense in particular. All those new fresh faces that general manager Steve Kahn went out and either acquired or signed. And I think uh, that more than anything is really the telling story of this 2-0 start. 
Yeah, that's the beauty of us doing Monday through Friday now because we would have tried to jam that in here. And I was wondering, when are we going to the defense? Because, quite frankly, you know, they've made stops. Uh, we're seeing new faces make plays throughout the course of the game. Campbell's been a great addition. I mean, I think him and Buda Baker, you know, Chandler Jones, as they say, sacks come in bunches, you know. Um, but he's doing more things out there. Maybe he's getting double teamed. Um, but we'll see. But, yeah, I, I look forward to talking about the defense, you know. Um, they're getting better, and, you know, we're going to look at the snap counts. We know that uh, Isaiah Simmons wasn't out there as much as the previous game. We know Zach Allen's snap count went down, Rashad Lawrence's snap count went up. We knew Banjo's snap count was going to go up. Um, and then you look at Jordan Hicks finally came off the field. As they say, MJ, always leave them wanting more. That was a tease, Craig. <laughs> And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Almohandro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.